As Liz said today, did you today? That would be funny, actually. She'd be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Bro, especially because you didn't talk very much that episode, so it's like yeah. nothing of Liz and the <laughs> 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 Who are these people? This is what oh, I signed up for. Man. Side note: I thought that was so cute. How she was like, "I am so proud of you guys." <laughs> I know that was so nice. That was cute. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back to Uncomfortable Questions with Kelsey. Today's episode, we have a very interesting guest. And it's actually really funny the way that we came to find her uh, is that I started a Twitter account and followed a bunch of people. And she just happened to be one of the people that followed us back. And I put out uh, a, a tweet, I guess is what you'd call it. I'm new to Twitter, so I, I think that's what they call it. Tweet. Put out a tweet saying we wanted people to talk to for the podcast and she was one of two people who messaged me back and said I would love to be on it and she sent us a, kind of a little summary of her life and just based on that we were immediately intrigued she was in the marines she married a 67 year old when she was 27 28 Two, yeah 27 maybe sounds right yeah um she has two children she works in social work. She is very interesting, very fun. She talked a lot, which we loved. Um, yeah, so that's Jamie. We really hope that you enjoy. Did I say, I said her name at the, before this yeah, point, right? I think okay. so, maybe. So this is Jamie from Illinois. Please enjoy. It's nice to meet you guys, by the way. You too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad someone was willing to to do this. That just some random person on Twitter with a brand new account was like, "Sure, let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> I I was just you know that's just me. I think that's just my personality. <laughs> uh, I I told my husband I was like, uh, "Yes." I didn't tell him right away. I just, actually I just told him today, and I was like. Yeah, I'm supposed to be talking on some podcast. <laughs> he's like, he's like, with who? He was like, I said, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> oh, well, we're very excited to have you. Oh, thanks. Thanks. This is fun. Yeah. Well, we were very intrigued by the the little bit of your summary that you sent us. So. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been an intriguing life. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, so I don't know where you want to start. If you want to, if you kind of want to tell us, uh, did you grow up in Illinois? Or are you from there? So interesting. So I'm originally from New Jersey. I was born and raised in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And um, I went into the military right after I graduated from high school. And, you know, you have a plan in life, right? You have, I had a plan. I was like, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go to college. And by 28, <laughs> I'm going to be marrying my first kid. You know, that I had this whole plan. Mm -hmm. But I went in, and I didn't, I mean, I was prepped, but, you know, you don't know until you know. And so I'm in it, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm way too princess for this. I am, I am <laughs> such a princess. <laughs> so um, I just kind of lost focus, and I just started partying, and I was just kind of all over the place. And, uh, and then eventually I met my daughter's father, and then we had her. And then I was like, okay, my four-year contract was up. I was like, all right, time to go because, you know, I got to be a mom now. <laughs> so, and you were um, in the Marines, did, right? Yes, I was in the Marine Corps, yes. That's awesome. What and did you so, do? Um, 
um, what they call logistics embarkation. So basically, when we deployed someplace, we would be our office would be in charge of uh, making sure all the people and the things that we had that we need to use in the field got from one place to another and then back again. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> About what year was that that you were doing that? Oh, I was in ninety five to ninety nine. Okay. Oh. Did you? Enjoy- so there was no war. Um, yeah. <laughs> there was no, yeah, there was really nothing going on. Um, it, it was, I, you know what? It's, it's just a different world. So it just all depends on where you're stationed. I think I would have enjoyed it more at a different location. Um, but when I went in, the, the base where I was stationed was more or less for people who were just about to retire. So it was slower paced and, you know, they weren't as regulated. And, you know, when you come out of boot camp, you're very like, uh, I'm ready to do this, you know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, relax. Okay, calm down. So, you know, <laughs> and I just kind of, you know, it, it just, it just made me too relaxed. Hmm. So, you know, uh, but I did, I did enjoy many aspects of it. Like there's the camaraderie. You can't beat that. Like to this day, I could meet anybody on the street. who was a Marine or is a Marine and tell them I was in. And then we'll just start talking. Like I, like I've known this person for the rest of my entire life. Yeah, I I do think I I like the camaraderie aspect of that. Like, even though you don't know each other, you feel like you know each other. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, that's how the recruiter got me. Right. Because he was like, (laughs) like a family environment. And I'm like, really? 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 (laughs) So, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed that. And I I just enjoyed the fact that I was always um, very protected. You know, mm. and I, I know I just, I just, there's, there's just something about that. You can't be, you know, you ha- I don't, I don't find that anywhere outside, you know, other than family. I mean, it's mm. really like such a true aspect. It is really much like a family. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. I don't think n- none of us have any military experience, but I have my brothers in the army. But oh, yeah. How's he liking that? He seems to really like it. He's in the, yeah. technically he's in the reserves, but he seems to really like it. He yeah. similar stuff that it's a brotherhood and they all take care of each other. So that's nice. Yeah. Cool. It's one of those things they, you know, I always tell people because there have been other people who they went in, but at first their family had deterred them. They're like, Oh no, you know, nobody wants to but have their kid going to the Marine Corps. Like that's not like their life dream. Right. So they're always trying to deter their kids. And so what I tell people is, you know, once you've gotten it, once that person has gotten it into them, like they want to do it. It's one of those things like you can't shake it. Mm. It's a, I go, it's in your heart. It's, I can't explain it. I don't know what it is. I said, but once it's in you, it's in you. Like it's, there's a calling. When I tell you, there's like a true calling to go in and you just, it's, it's just one of those things. Like I knew I met, I talked to the recruiter was in my, my lunchroom, right? I was, I was 16. I was barely oh, wow. 16. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Like I was, <laughs> and I had, I literally stayed with that. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't listen until 17 with my parents' permission. Mm. And then of course I left right at 18, but I was so, um, it just stayed in me. I just could not shake it. And I had a boyfriend too. I had an older boyfriend at the time and he was like, you know, no, don't go in. He kept trying to convince me not to. like, he had two years to convince me not to. And I was like, no, nah, I gotta go. Like, <laughs> I can't explain. I gotta go. I gotta go. That's awesome. Um, so I've, I've heard a lot of people, not Marines specifically, but that kind of, I, I really don't know the structure, I guess, of military, but that a lot of mm-hmm. people go into military, especially at a young age, because 
it's kind of like an escape from their current life. Would you say mm-hmm. that was true for you or you just really had this um, desire to innate serve. desire? Yeah. Or so I don't know if that is a clear question, but that is a very clear question. And it's a very good one because I, I told you how the recruiter got me right. When you said it's about family, it's because I grew up in a very dysfunctional family mm. and I was the only child. And so I just remember thinking like, I always wanted, you know, I wanted to be close to family. I wanted to have a family and, um, I just want, I need to get at it. And I didn't care. You know, I was, I have a very traveling type of mindset, very very nomadic as I tell my husband. So, um, I was ready to go. Like I just didn't care, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when he, and I, and I wasn't, it wasn't even on my mind, but it was something that was very deep within me. And so I, I'm just going to assume the recruiter saw that in me and was like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, join. You know, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. And so it's, that was definitely the, the main thing is because I just want, I, I craved something like I, that I didn't have at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it, yeah, I mean, it proved it was, he was accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I imagine even the structure of like, I mean, one being told what to do every day mm-hmm. and, and one just I imagine you kind of do the same things every day, especially in boot camp. Um, I could see how that structure would be really appealing to somebody who has a dysfunctional family and doesn't feel like they have that type of security and structure. I mean, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> so it, 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 so in boot camp, it, you know, it's, it's definitely different than it's they're way harder on you because they're, they're tearing you down to build you up to be mm-hmm. a Marine. Mm-hmm. So once you get out of boot camp, honestly, it becomes like an everyday job, which I had no idea. I think that's why it threw me because I, I didn't know what to expect on a daily basis. So you're yeah. given a job. I would go, I went into an office every day. I had set hours and, um, you know, there's certain things in the Marine Corps. There's certain things you have to qualify in, like, you know, like with the rifle and swimming. So, you know, you, we had goals we had to meet like every so many months. And so, um, definitely a lot of structure, but th- so here, the weird, here's the weird part though. Right. So because of my nomadic spirit, I'm like, this is too much structure. I can't take it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> so it, but it became, you know, this, it became the struggle with me of like, uh-huh. you know, I really enjoy the routine, but the other part of me is like, Hates it. I just kind of, <laughs> yes, I hate it. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, this is driving me mad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. The, the monotony of it, I think could get hard. So that makes total sense. Oh, it's, for appe- sure. it's appealing, but also off putting at the same time. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. My son is actually, he enlisted in some Marine Corps and he's due to leave in June. Oh, wow. How do you feel about that? I mean, I, I didn't want him going, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't want him going to any military. But, you know, I'm like, well, if you're going to go, you know, obviously go to the Marine Corps. Right. Um, and plus, like I said, he's had this thing in his heart for the Marine Corps since he was little. Mm. So, I mean, for years, since like, I want to say like fourth or fifth grade. Wow. And by the time he hit his freshman year in high school and it still didn't go away, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I tried to. I was like, you want to college? You're a shooting guy? Yeah, you know what you want? <laughs> and he just was like, no, mom, I want to go to the Marine Corps. Just like, just like you, you know, my dad. Well, it's a stepfather, but my husband is a stepfather. Mm. But just like you, you want him i want i want to go and i'm like okay so then we started prepping him we started prepping him the last few years and what to expect and what to do so mm, that's wow. good yeah does he have an idea of what he wants to do in the marine corps or is he just going to join well, and go as he goes well they already gave him like a they give you like a vague job when you go in 
So he's he signed well his job is utilities. So within that utilities, you can be fixing. It's it's a fixing you know hands on type of job. So he can be in any area fixing any machine, doing something to that effect. It's very vague. You don't mm-hmm. specifically know until you get out of boot camp and see where they have an opening for that that particular area. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What if you just hate what you're assigned? Too bad. Unfortunate, I guess. <laughs> you can make. You know what? You can make what they call a lat move, like a lateral move. Mm-hmm. But it has to be after, like uh, after you enlist, you can make a lateral. Move. Or some of some, you know, different ones are different. Like after you're in two years, and you can make a lateral move to a different mm-hmm. job. But sometimes um, you can wait, or you have to wait until you, your four years is up, and you and you, and you reenlist. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So. And then you'll get, like, a sign-on bonus, too. So, like, before I got out, you know, it's almost like they, they bribe you. Like, so I was, you know, I was bribed to go into communications. And, I, you know, they gave me, like, a, they're like, we'll give you a 4,000 sign-on bonus. And mm. I was like, you know, sounds good, but I got to get out. Yeah. <laughs> I got to <For> go. Sure. <laughs> Man, I don't know if I could ever do military, personally. Mm. It seems it's, like it's, a lot um, of work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, and it's so weird too when you get out, and people always say, "Oh, you're institutionalized, or you're indoctrinated, you know, you're brainwashed," and it's really not even like that. So when I graduated boot camp, which I found was really funny, my friends, my friend, my girlfriend, and her family, who I basically grew up with, met me at the airport, and I'm just laughing and joking, and they're like, "We're so surprised! Like you're, you're like the same." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was laughing and joking in boot camp. Don't kid yourself. Like I was exactly the same. They don't. They don't just so, beat the personality right out of you. No, they just. They really don't. They really don't. So, um, but there are certain things that you do get used to, which is weird to me. So, one of the things the Marine Corps stresses is like a sense of urgency. So everything is done in a quick manner and efficiently. Mm. So when I got out, it was very difficult to deal with civilians in that way because I'm like, why aren't they hurrying? Like, <laughs> I just couldn't understand. It was, I mean, I understood, but it was, it was hard to get used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Re-adapt. really, so, yes, yes. It was, and it was crazy considering I wanted to get out, but it was like this weird homesickness thing that happened. I'm like, well, they want to do that in the Marine Corps. And then I'm like, oh my God, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> but you do you do take a, a time to to adapt to the civilian role when you get out it's, it's just a little different than what you're normally used to the, for the last few years oh, yeah I'm sure. for sure way different i'd imagine yeah <laughs> so so then when you got out of the marines that's when you went wait, to, I, wait oh, I, have sorry. A, I have a question so in your yeah. brad sent me your summary basically of like mm-hmm. oh this is kind of like an outline of my life so in that you had your first kid while you were in the marine corps right yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, was how does that work? Like, do you you get normal quote unquote maternity leave, or how does that work while you're you know under a contract, basically? Yeah. You. I, I can't exactly remember how it went down, but yeah, I got six weeks maternity leave, which I really don't ever think is enough. But you get yeah. six weeks. Okay. So you, they have maternity you know, clothes for you to wear. I mean, so they were, they were very much equipped. I was actually very surprised because I didn't know when I first came in either. And I was talking to, when I, when I first came in, I um, met someone who was pregnant. I was like, tell me how it goes. Like, how does this happen? You know? <laughs> because everybody assumes like, who don't, who doesn't know that if you get pregnant, you get kicked out. I'm like, it doesn't, you know, and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a long time ago, but like, it doesn't happen that way. They're, they're equipped for women who are single mothers to, you know, to, to be pregnant if, they, if that were to happen. So, yeah, you go. So, first of all, you are living in the barracks. 
So, which is like, I always compare it to like a college dorm. The barracks okay. is very much a college. There's parties always going on. You know, there's <laughs> always a lot of fun times. And um, so what you, when you find out you're pregnant, the first thing you got to do is uh, get out, right? Not first, not first thing, but you got to, you have the entire nine months, but you have to leave the barracks eventually <laughs> and you have to find your own apartment. And they, they either have base housing for you and, or if it's filled, what they do is give you extra money to live off of base and to your own apartment. Okay. Well, that's nice. So, but yes. But so, yeah, so they do give you extra money to live off base and, you know, for food. So, um, but yeah, you get your six weeks and then there's a daycare on base. So, you know, and if they don't have, and a lot of times if the, if the daycare is full, then they, what they do is have a lot of, um, a lot of in-home daycare people on base. So if it's not them, then you'll find, you'll find somebody. There's always somebody watching someone's kid. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, who's, who's licensed, you know? Um, but yeah, so it's, it's set up to, for you to succeed. Definitely. Well, that's good. That is good. That's really nice. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, I interrupted your. Oh, <laughs> no, I, well, you may, reminded me cause I think you said you, did you get pregnant with your second kid bef- also before you got out of the military or was that why you were no, in college? No, 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 that was. That was like almost four years later. Oh, okay. So you get yeah. out of the Marines and then you go to college, right? Yes. But that was, let's see, I got out in 99. I didn't go back to school though until like 2008. I, oh, okay. don't, don't worry. I have your outline. I'll help you, Brad. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so you left. 2000, yeah, no, I think, yeah, 2000, yeah, 2008. Yeah, because I got, I got married for the first time in 2009. Okay. So, yeah, so okay. I went back to school 2008. So, before I went back to school, I had my kid, my, my second kid. Okay. So, you got out of the Marine Corps, and then you mm-hmm. had, well, then you got pregnant with kid number two, child number right. two. Um, right. But then you became homeless at six months pregnant. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how, how talk about how that <laughs> happens. Like, how do you go from, like, you know, <laughs> the Marine Corps being super structured to homeless within four years, three, four years? Oh my gosh. It was crazy. So when I got out, I, uh, so I had her, right. So that's when I got out. I think maybe she was about eight months or so. And I was just like, okay, so I'm going to start a life somewhere. So my uncle who lives in Oklahoma was like, well, you can come live with us, him and his family. So I've never, uh, I mean, I met my uncle maybe once. Like I didn't grow up with my family, but I was so, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, okay. You know, I felt very flattered. So I was in Oklahoma for like three weeks. I'm like, this isn't working. <laughs> this is, I had my own room and that was nice, but I was, they had teenage, my cousins were teenagers at the time mm-hmm. and they treated me as if I was a teenager <laughs> with a baby. And I'm like, no, I was just, you know, in an apartment with paying my own bills. I said, I, I can't do this. So they meant well, but they didn't really know how to deal with me. Mm-hmm. So I moved actually back into the same apartment I left in South Carolina where I was stationed. So they still had the apartment available, so I moved back in. And I said, I'll just, you know, I'll just stay here and try to get a job. And, well, that worked for a month or two. It just wasn't working. Like, I just felt like nothing was working. And I couldn't, I just didn't know who I was. You know, mm-hmm. there was a moment I just I just lost myself for, for a while. So by this time, because by the time I got out, I was only 22 when I got out. And mm-hmm. I was just, you know, I, was, I felt like I was, I was just wandering, you know. So... Then after that, let's see, uh, see, Oklahoma, South Carolina. I went to Florida. I moved, I moved to Florida for like two months. Um, and then I moved to Georgia for a week. Oh, wow. Back to, back to, the, <laughs> back to, the, back to Jersey. Um, and I got this horrible car accident on the way to Jersey. Mm. So where my car got total, I was a mess. 
so then, okay, back, so back to Jersey and I was in Jersey for about a year. And then I moved back to Georgia because in that year I was in Jersey, my daughter, um, I gave my daughter to my, to her husband, to, to her husband, <laughs> gave my daughter to her father to live because I was in just, I was in mentally, I was a mess. Mm. Like I was just in bad shape. So, um, you know, I was like, I really need, just need to get myself together. And so the, I, then after a few, after like three months living apart from her, I was like, um, I realized the best thing was for me to just move to Georgia. So I moved to Georgia and I was there for a year and that's where I got pregnant with my son. Okay. So, um, and then we, uh, oh, it was a mess in Georgia. Oh my gosh. Um, I lost my job. I lost so many jobs in Georgia. Like it was ridiculous. And actually what happened, let me say, I moved into my own apartment, got a car and lost my job on the same day. Oh my <laughs> goodness. It That's was, a whirlwind of a day. It yeah. was, it was, it was a mess. I was living from <laughs> friend to friend to friend. And, um, my son's father, um, it was very, that was a very difficult situation. We were together for a very short amount of time. So there was a question of whether or not he was a father and, there was a lot of that drama going on and I, I don't play those games and I am, you know, I just don't have time for it. So I said, well, you do what you need to do. I'm, I'm going to be over here taking care of these two right here. So I moved back to Jersey. <laughs> I was like, I need a job. Because this, after I lost my job, I couldn't find another job. It was so crazy. I couldn't, I just couldn't find another one. And I got, like I said, I got kicked out of my apartment eventually. And I was moving from friend to friend to friend. And I'm like, I got to go. So my mom was still living in Jersey. So I moved back to Jersey and then I moved in with a girlfriend of mine and, um, her landlady found that I was living there. Well, I guess without her permission and her landlady was like, well, she has to, she has to move. She has to get out. Mm-hmm. Gave me no time to get anything together. And was like, you're just, you gotta go like within a couple of weeks. So like I had to be out wow. and this was like a week before Christmas. So, oh, um, wow. yeah. Yeah, no, it was a mess. <laughs> but I did find a job right. That's the crazy part. So as soon as I moved back to Jersey, I found a job right away. It was a, and it was a really good paying job. But I didn't I didn't make any money. I didn't start the job yet. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you gotta go. Jeez. So that's how I ended up in the shelter. So I was six months pregnant. My daughter was three. And uh, yeah, but that's actually where I met one of my really good friends because she was my roommate with her three kids. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I'm still friends with her to this day and her kids who are now grown. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's cool though that you made a lifelong friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So your daughter, your three year old daughter was with you when you were in the shelter as well? Yes, yes. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, you know, it was, and it was like in a horrible part of town. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, um, I got this. Regardless, I got this, you know. So I meet my roommate, and she was just the sweetest person. And she's like, how are you? You know, and I mean, I, I just can't even explain how she put me at such peace. Mm. And, um, in our room, the room we shared, it was really crazy because it was such a large room. And there, I think there was like three bunk beds in there. And we all just, you know, you just stay together in this room. Wow. <laughs> so, huh. yeah, it, it, it made the, the um, it was really interesting because every, I couldn't wait to get home or get back to the shelter every day <laughs> to come back and see her and talk to her, you know. Mm. So it made the, the situation not as bad. Yeah, that's good. So you were there yeah. for... About two months, two and a half months, months then? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And oh, you- that's an interesting story, too. <laughs> so let me tell you how I got out of the shelter. So 
my step my so my mom and my stepdad raised me. And my, my stepdad married my mom when I was six and they divorced when I was 16. But, you know, he was still my dad. I still call him that. To this day, he's still my dad. But I was pregnant a year before I had my daughter and I miscarried. <clears throat> and my my dad was just livid. He was like, hey, Emily, Emily. like, he was just so upset, you know. And I'm like, dad, I'm fine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was so calm. He was like, ah, he was livid. So he stopped talking to me. Oh, wow. Be- just because yeah, just you had a miscarriage? Well, no, just because I, I was pregnant in the first place and without being married. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. I yeah, he was, he was just, he was so livid. So he stopped talking to me. So, okay, so here I am. I'm working at this job. I'm in this homeless shelter. And um, I'm, I, whatever, I'm in the course of doing my regular job at my job. So before, I, before he stopped talking to me, he was dating this lady named Pat. So I'm doing business. They're like, oh, call, you know, whatever I had to do involved her. She worked for the same company I did. And so I'm like, well, and I, and her last name had changed to his last name. So I knew they, they got married. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this is going to be a weird conversation. <laughs> so I didn't say who I was, but just in the email, I was like, hey, blah, blah, blah. like I just was conducting business as, as usual. And I'm like, well, I'll let her figure it out. So on the company website, you can see people's pictures with their names. And so she looked me up and then, um, and then she called me the next day and she was like, um, are you the same Jamie? You know, she, I was like, it's the same Jamie. <laughs> and she was like, I thought so. I just wanted to tell you, you're, you, you know, I'm talking with your dad and, you know, we just want to, you know, start off with a clean slate. You, you know, can we see each other soon? And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, of course. So, um, yeah, so that's what happened. So I met my dad like that weekend and we all went out and, you know, it was crazy. They, they loved my daughter and I was so big and fat and pregnant. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> and, um, and then I moved out. They, they were like, come move with us, you know, until you can get your own place. Mm. And that's what they did. So I moved in with them for a little bit. Wow. Oh, nice. So yeah. had you not talked to your dad in between that whole time? Like, was that no, you I, guys yeah. reconnecting? Or, oh, wow. Okay. Exactly. I hadn't talked with him since a year before. So like, I guess for almost four or five years. Wow. That's, yeah. That's a long time. That is a long time. Yeah. It was, it was really, um, it was kismet. Seriously. Hmm. So did you guys, I just probably, uh, I don't know how appropriate it is to ask about religion, but are you, were you guys religious growing up? Cause I know that we are in, uh, of oh, course yeah, we're totally. in Utah, so we can, <laughs> yeah. we can connect on the level of a parent being upset, mm-hmm. uh, at oh, a sure. child being pregnant unmarried so i where you guys you guys were religious growing up then oh yeah ultra ultra religious that's i mean that's part of the reason why you know it was a lot of dysfunction because i i was so against you know Mm. that was it was very controlling the very controlling religion and i was like we were i grew up apostolic and have you guys ever heard of that apostolic uh yeah not i don't know i know i've heard of it but i don't know anything about it okay so, the, I mean, there's different variations. People conduct their churches very differently. But this particular apostolic religion, it was very much like um, you couldn't do, you can't listen to music, like oh. secular music. Wow. You couldn't um, go. So that means I couldn't go to dances. I couldn't go to parties uh, because there was music going to be played. Um, wow. I couldn't wear pants. Oh, wow. I wear, yeah, I couldn't wear makeup. I couldn't go to the movies. That was the church religion right there. That was the church. <laughs> that wasn't even like the actual religion. I was just, I just right. couldn't go to the movie. We could watch movies when they came out on video, but we couldn't <laughs> oh, go to the movies man. because we don't know what was going to happen in the movie oh theater. <laughs> oh, wow. It was, was it was just, 
It was very. And I, I, you know, I am such a free spirit. And my mother couldn't take it. She just always felt like I was being disrespectful towards her and the religion. And I'm mm-hmm. like, as I became an adult, I'm like, no, I'm just a free spirit. I'm just someone who you just can't control. Yeah. You know, you just got to kind of let me be and flow and do whatever, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's where a lot of the tension took place. So even though my dad was divorced from my mom, he still held a lot of the same values, which was, you know, you should, you should be married before you have a kid and mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know, and that's just the proper way. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. You know, I, and I, I mean, I sure I would have loved to, but I mean, it doesn't happen out. So, you know, it, you know, that's how just kind of how life is sometimes. So, hmm. yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm glad that you reconnected <laughs> with your father after so long. Yeah, that's good. I know. Yeah. That's, yeah. That is great. Oh. So you moved in with him. Mm-hmm. Um Like, I think you said you moved, you moved out of the homeless shelter a month before you had the baby. Yeah. Okay. So I was basically, I only live with my stepdad and my mom, my stepmom for like a couple of weeks because okay. then my, my, me and my mother decided to get an apartment together. Okay. And then, yeah. So it didn't take that long to find something and to just move in. And then, yeah, about a month later I had him. Okay. Um, had your mom, had you and your, your mom kind of, um, uh, what's the word? I guess at the same time that you and your stepdad stopped talking, did your mom also have a really hard time with that and stop talking or had you guys maintained your relationship that whole time? I mean, we, we maintained it, but it was, it's never been a good relationship. Mm. It's always been a strained relationship. Even now um, I have learned she's, she's, she can be a very toxic person. So what I have learned is I actually really don't even talk to her that much. We, we talk via, you know, text every once in a while, mm. but it is best that we, li- for me, if it were up to her, she would want me in her life every day, all day. I'm the only, I'm her only child. Right. So it, you know, and she, she can be very needy and very clingy and then it turns very toxic. Um, and she can't, you know, she, she will get jealous of her own grandkids over me. Oh, wow. wow. Interesting. Yeah. So it, you know, it just, it becomes too much. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she still, she still has, you know, those same values and those same beliefs and very judgmental still. So, I mean, she was always there to support me regardless. Um, but I just seemed like she was only there for me when I was in, you know, trouble, when I was mm-hmm. only like in, in need. But the minute I started doing better for myself, it became a problem. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's almost yeah. like she wanted you to struggle so that she could help you rather than be a functioning independent person because then you didn't need her almost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's doesn't. Yeah. I I would say (laughs) toxic, like you said, is a good word. And it's good that you recognize that and we're able to, to break that cycle because it would be easy to just continue that cycle of an unhealthy relationship. Oh, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I, there's so much, oh my God, there's so much work I had to do in myself to not repeat it. Mm-hmm. I still catch myself at times um, doing a couple things or saying things, and I'm like, okay, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No, 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 no. This is mm, that's not me. That's not me. You know, yeah. uh, I have to I do a lot of self correction. Absolutely, Good. and I'm like, I can't be this. Can't be this person. This person is very narrow minded. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but because of her, I was able to develop such a great relationship with my children. Like I, 
I love hanging out with my children. They love hanging out with me. I, I'm actually very surprised how much they like me. So <laughs> I always say that. Always, you know. My son and I will have like um, weekend breakfast. You know, we, we'll go out just me and him and just hang out and talk and do stuff. He it was really funny because in the summertime he didn't really have much going on and his friends wanted to hang out and he's like, no, I'm hanging out with my mom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, mom, they don't understand. And I'm like, I know they don't. I'm like, because it's, you know, it's a unique bond that you and I have, you know? So, and I'm not like ultra, ultra old either. You know, I had my kids fairly young yeah. and I have a fairly young still mentality, but with, with maturity. So like, I, I get it, you know? So, mm-hmm. and some of their moms don't, you know, they're older and they're just kind of, you know, why do you gotta do that? You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of that. Yeah. And so I get it. My son tells me something. I'm like, yeah, that, was, that used to be me too. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> my daughter is funny. When she was younger, she would have these uh, sleepovers at the house. And she's like, mom, can you stay with us? I'm like, seriously? <laughs> you don't want me to go? She's like, no, no, stay, stay. She's like, oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. Yeah, oh, that's, I mean, that's great. She, yeah, yeah. I mean, now she's 21, so she's not as close to me as she was, but she's still, she, there's a lot of space there, you know what I mean? Because she's still, she's going into this whole other realm of adulthood, and she's just trying to figure out who she is. Mm-hmm. Like, give her the space that she needs. But I'm here. Like, when she wants to talk, which is often, you know, when she wants to talk or has a problem, I'm, I'm always here. And she, she comes to me quite often, so. That's good. Which is nice, you know. You know, but it's really funny, like, watching her grow and be an adult. I'm like, this is weird. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah I, I imagine that would be yeah a different experience yeah. to have your kids yeah. grow up and go through similar things that you did maybe <laughs> yeah yeah they're, they're way much better than me though oh my gosh they're such I always say to people I'm like my daughter is who I was supposed to be mm. um before if I didn't have like horrible parents like <laughs> I was like she, she was who I was supposed to be she had a very similar personality as me when I was a kid and then I became like something else to kind of like deal with my life. I'm like, but she, she reminds me of me so much, you know? So yeah, they're, they're just, they're, they're pretty awesome kids. I got to say that. Good. That's good. I think that means that you're doing a good job then. If yeah. you feel like your kids are living the best life that they can. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh yeah. Oh, totally. And that you're all friends. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good thing for sure. Yeah, how do I stay friends with my kids and they don't just grow up and <laughs> yeah. hate me? That right, scares me. And that's what you know what I had to. You know what? It's really funny what I had to learn about that is that I just all I had to do all I had to do was remember when I was really going through a lot how my parents treated me and to act the exact opposite. <laughs> so when I was going through <laughs> when I was going through things, they were very judgy and they were like, "Well, what do you mean? Well, what, why are you why are you asking us that question?" Like, you know, I mean, when I come home crying about stuff and then you just automatically assume the worst mm. and don't really want to let me talk. So when my my kids used to come home and I'd be upset, I'm like, "Okay, what's going on?" and then I would just let them talk and just that's all you needed to let them just kind of sip all their life and their day. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, "Okay, well, you know, how do you want me to help you?" That's it. But you don't have to ask, you know, were there drugs involved? Were you taking them? You know, you don't, it's not that serious. All right. That's good to know. Who was it? Listening and understanding. I'll take good advice. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That's good advice. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, so you had your second child, which was a boy. Yeah. How old were you when you had him? Well, technically 24, but I was three weeks 
before my 25th birthday. Okay. So basically. And I say that. <laughs> yes. So I, I say that because all my, I have this picture of me <laughs> on my 25th birthday about to go like party with my friends. And let me tell you how exhausted I look in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just, and that's always like, whenever baby. somebody tells me, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so whenever somebody tells me, oh, I'm, I'm going to be 25, I was like, let me tell you this big <laughs> <laughs> Makeup all done, my hair is done. I'm like, and I look totally done. Like, I'm thrilled. Like, <laughs> it was exhausted. <laughs> well, a three year old daughter and a newborn baby, that'll do it to you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It, you know what was even funnier is that night we went out. We were, I was living in Jersey at the time. So we went out to the city, we went to New York. And um, we went to go see, like, just a comic show or something. And the com- this comedian had hit on me in the middle of his show. <laughs> and so my girl, my girlfriend was like, that's gross. She jumped out of baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must have looked pretty great if you were hit on during a, a comedy. Right. Yeah. So a comedy routine. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. I guess so, right? I guess that, that doesn't make me feel good that night, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so the was it the same year that you had your son that you went to college? Oh, gosh, no. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. There was such a struggle there. There was such a struggle. So I just worked. I worked during the day for a while, and then... You know, there's this, this. This is what. This is how I know. Like a life changing, it cha- life changes about to happen is when there is this restlessness that comes within me, and I am like, I gotta. You know, so I'm working. I'm working at. Uh, I was working as administrative assistant for this pharmaceutical company, and I'm just like it's monotonous. You know, I'm very bored. So I'm like monotonous. I'm bored. I'm going to same routine. Blah blah blah. I end up getting laid off. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, I'm like, and I didn't care. I was just really happy. I was like, what can I do now? Well, I was on employment for a little bit. And, um, yeah, so that was it. I'm like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> so about eight months went by, and I, I found this ad in the paper. And it was for an overnight position. My mother and I, mind you, are still living together. So it was for an overnight position and <clears throat> working for a logistics company. So I did this phone interview, and it was so funny because how I got the job was on the strength of, of a Marine who worked for this company who I had never met. <laughs> he was like, she's a Marine. Hire her. I mean, and that's how I got the job. Wow. <laughs> huh. That's crazy. So, yeah. Right. So, I mean, so I ended up working, you know, overnight and, um, just, I mean, just to have a job and there was, you know, you could, there was something, it was a company you could advance in. But I mean, it was the same thing. I was like kind of bored and it really, you know, I needed more. I just, I just, I constantly had this need for more, 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 more. I wanted to learn. I wanted to read. I wanted to, so eventually, um, I waited, I waited until the right moment because I felt like every time I tried to get myself into school or there was some type of issue, there was always a barrier. Mm -hmm. So one day my girlfriend, her kids, our kids went to school together. So she goes, you know, or she's like my parents. Um, the, the college they graduated from in Virginia, they have a single parent program. Would you be interested? I was like, well, yeah. Like, why wouldn't I be interested? <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, a lot of people who come into this program don't finish. And I'm like, what? why? You know, I go, I don't understand. <laughs> so, but I mean, you're, the, the thing about it is this college was like in the middle of nowhere in Virginia. So that's part, mm. probably part of the reason. So anyway, I applied, I got into the college. <clears throat> Kids came with me. You live on campus. 
and I went to school and I mean, that's where my life, you know, re re began, as I say, you know, mm. it was amazing. I felt like I got a, because by the time I was working and I had worked in this, um, the overnight job for like two and a half years and it was, it was just great. When you work overnight, like it's, your body's not supposed to do that. You get, I gained like 20, 25 pounds. I'm just like, you know, I never, I never went out. I had no social life. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I was depressed. Like I, but I didn't know it. Cause I was just kind of just, all I did was sleep and go to work. Yeah. And so, um, I, I felt old. I felt so old. And so when I went back to school, um, I was 28 and I felt so rejuvenated. I felt so youthful again. It was amazing. Mm. And, um, I was there for, I was going there for a year and that's when, the, I, my ex, my ex husband and I started dating. Was at this college because okay. he was the professor of one of the classes. <laughs> yes. So I have questions about this. <laughs> this yes. So yes. Please. So, um, so you were twenty nine and he was sixty seven. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. So he was he your professor at the time you guys started dating or? Did you just know of him at the school, but he wasn't necessarily your professor? Correct. So I knew of him from the school, but he was not my professor. It was a very, very small college. Okay. Um, it was very small. Like, I mean, it was, it was a tiny itty bitty college. So everybody knew each other. Um, I would find myself, um, you know, I used to smoke at the time. I used to smoke. So I used to find myself taking smoke breaks and he was right there. And, you know, we just always were talking. We're, we mm-hmm. always ran into each other. People always knew everybody else. And um, so that's how uh, later on I found out it was because he was actually stalking me. He admitted. He admitted what? to stalking wow. me. Yes. Oh, and that's, how I, that's why he, I always ran into him. Because he would <laughs> see me from his office window going out to smoke. Wow. And, and he smoked. So uh-huh. he would come out and be like, I was like, oh, my God, there you are. I'm so naive. I'm <laughs> so naive. There you are again. Hey. Like, <laughs> I was going to ask if he if he took up smoking just to stalk you more. No. <laughs> that would be extra level creepy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I got to no, smoke No, he was now. a yeah. lifelong smoker. He is. <laughs> oh, man. Amazing. It's amazing. But, yeah, so we were, um, yeah. So I think what, what ended up happening was, um, did we, we, I think we talked one night and then we just kept talking. Like, I just remember being in love with talking with him mm. and, um, because he would go, he would just, he would be one of those people who pick your brains and you pick their brain. And it was he, being talking around, being around him was a very, it was very much an intellectual high. Mm. And I just used the conver- You didn't want the conversation to stop ever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I didn't know what that was. All I know is I've never had this before. Mm-hmm. And so um, eventually he was like, you know, why don't we, you know, start dating? And I was like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. Um, mind you, I didn't know he was 67 because he lied to me. He told me he was 55. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm like, I could be 55. I could be one in their 50s. I did not know he was 67. Wow. Um, he didn't, he doesn't look, he, he, he didn't look it. And he probably still doesn't look it. He does not age how everybody else ages. He, it's like he almost stopped aging <laughs> in his fifties huh. because even during the time progressed while we were married, he just never ate. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. So, and he was very handsome and he had a lot of good qualities. So you don't, you know, you don't see it. You don't really mm-hmm. see the age. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we dated for a few weeks and then he was like, you know, we should get married. And I'm like, Oh wow. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, literally it was only a few weeks. He was like, we should get married. And I'm like, uh, I don't, 
I'm like, can we just be engaged for a year? And then we see what, he was like, we should get married. He was like, you know what? And then he says to me, if you don't want to marry me, then you need to stop dating me because I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm here for the long haul. Mm. I'm not, I'm not here to play around with anybody. So that's how he got me to marry him yeah. because of an ultimatum. Hmm. Wow. But that was, the, that was the manipulation that he was about. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. We, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so yeah, we married a few months later. Wow. Oh, oh, and then it was a short engagement even. Did you know well, yeah. at this point that he was 67 yet? Or was he still telling you he was only 55? Um, I, I knew after, no, no, I didn't know. I didn't know until after I said yes okay. to marrying him. <laughs> and I found his birth certificate. Yikes. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, and maybe I was he like, forgot. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that is, you, you know what? Do you, do you know, you know, he plays those, he, but it's funny because he played those games a lot as if he would forget. And mm-hmm. he would tell me, and, but, and I was also part of, of the manipulation because he would tell me, he would tell me all his secrets. He would say, you know, if you let people think, if you let people think you're dumb, you can get, uh, you, uh, anyway, what, do you, what would he say? If you let people think you're dumb, then you can get over on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So he was like, and part of, the, part of how I did that is I would act like I was forgetting a lot of stuff. Hmm. Interesting. So that's, that was that was part of I'm telling you, I learned so much from this man. It was all bad stuff, but I learned a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bad, bad stuff that hopefully you learned good lessons from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, now I can spot anybody who's lying to me. That's yeah. for sure. You know, anybody who's playing games, I'm a mile away. A mile away. I was like, trust me. They're not, no, trust me, they're not good. Trust me. Yeah. So you, it sounds like you were physically attracted to him, but also really attracted to his intellect and and maybe how that made you feel as well. Oh yeah. That was, I mean, but like everybody was like, he had this Mm -hmm. charisma about him. I mean, when I tell you I was fighting off 18 year olds to 80 year olds off this man. (laughs) Wow. I am, I am not, I am so, I've had, I mean, I almost had to go to blows with a lot of people who were a lot older and a lot younger than me. I'm like, this is, this is, he's my husband. Like, and he was just, you know, he was just, well, that was a narcissist, right? Mm. He loved the attention. Yeah. He loved the attention. And I'm like, what is going on? I mean, yeah, I've had, yeah, there was some 80 year old lady in his choir who was like, he was, she was emailing my email thinking it was directly to him. (laughs) And I'm wow. like, um, yeah, no, his wife, you know, I was answering for him. Like, you know, his wife says, thank you. He got, I mean, just all kinds of, <laughs> oh my wow. gosh. Yeah, it was, a, it was a mess. It was a mess. How did your family and friends take your engagement <laughs> slash marriage? Um, I don't think anybody liked him. Mm. Um, my, my dad said he liked him, but my dad doesn't, you know, my dad only see him like, she, he may, he maybe saw me two or three times, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they play golf, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, I, I really liked him. I'm like, eh, well, yeah, you don't, you don't know him. But, yeah. um, but the ones who were close to me didn't like him, mm-hmm. you know, they were, they were, it was kind of like the same situation. They were, um, in awe of him. They're like, Oh, you know, mm-hmm. so at first it's like, Oh my gosh, he's amazing. Right. Oh, he sings like Sinatra. He's so handsome. He's so <laughs> smart. He had all these things going for him. Amazing stories. I mean, you he can sit there and tell you like all these great things he he's come across and these people he's met. I mean, amazing stories. He's had an amazing life, and so you you first you know you get draw you get you know so when I when I introduce people to him, everybody loves him at first, mm-hmm. but then after a while, 
you know, you see how he's cheating me and you see what's going on. And you're like, uh, um, you know, I don't yeah. know. How old is it? Then people start questioning his age. How old is he again? <laughs> <laughs> did I miss, uh, did you say what subject he's taught? Oh, psychology. Oh, okay. oh wow. Okay. Even that's, more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's extra yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. So he had, he had like a good persona that he would put on for people, but mm. pretty quickly, it sounds like your family and friends saw through that and weren't the biggest fans of him. Um, did they try to warn you? And, and if they did, did that hurt your relationship with them? Like, did that upset you that they were, you know, putting, as you probably would have seen it, putting your husband down because it's so much harder to see those red flags for ourselves than it is for other people. You know, <clears throat> believe it or not, they didn't see it until after I brought it to their attention. Oh, you're the one that noticed. Yeah. Huh. I kept complaining about him. Like, you know, I kept venting <laughs> okay. and I was just, because he was, because when a, when a person is that, I always say I married my mother. Like he was very needy and very clingy mm. to me. Okay. And, and very narcissistic and it could be very savage. Like he wanted me to get my education, but at the same time he wanted me to stay in the house and be his wife. Hmm. Interesting. So, um, I, I was, you know, I just can't even explain the extent of what he would, the, the, sm the smallest to the biggest things he would ruin for somebody, mm. you know, a lot of, um, microaggression, lots of it. Lots of, lots of passive aggressive behavior. So it could be something small. Like if I just washed the floors and I texted him, okay, look, I just washed the floors. Come in the back, you know, coming in the back door or whatever. He purposely come in the front door with like mud on his boots talking about, oh yeah, I, I didn't think it was, I thought it'd be dry by now. You know, it'd be something like that, <laughs> hmm. you know, but uh, from the smallest to the biggest scale. And it was consistent to the point where you're like, am I going crazy? So I would mm -hmm. go and finally talk to a lot of people and some people would be like, no, you're fine. Other people would be like, mm, mm -hmm. no, I think I started to get a clue when I was, I had a colleague of mine, her ex-husband was a narcissist and I'm like, well, how do you know? I remember we were just having this conversation and I'm like, that sounds a lot like my husband, you know? And I just remember having this, I was like, how did you divorce? Like, cause I remember at the time thinking divorce was impossible and not because, you know, he made it impossible, but because of my brain, I'm like, no, I'm never, you know, I'm going to work this out. I'm, I'm going to stay married to this man for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's never a possibility in my mind because I took, I take marriage very seriously. So I was like, how did you, you know, manage to do that? And I'm like, I just, I just couldn't figure that out. I could not. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew at the same time, I'm like, I think at this, I was in denial for a long time. I, I, I just remember thinking like, I think maybe there's something wrong with him, but I'm not sure. Let me ignore it for a while. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't. No, I, I, I think what happened was I knew something was wrong. I will never forget. So the same year that the hangover came out, <laughs> <laughs> they were in Vegas, right? It was also the same around, around the same time. Katy Perry's song, um, waking up in Vegas came out. So it was like a Vegas scene both times. And I remember <laughs> thinking like, if I could just have one weekend where I'm just hearty in Vegas, I would feel so much better. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, what's wrong with me? I, no, I'm fine. I have a happy life. Right. I'm great. I'm happy. And I'm like, but if I could just get away and just party for like a good weekend, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, 
And I, there was like these two sides, like literally arguing within me. I was at such um, a battle within myself for a while. And then like nobody wanted to believe me. That's why I think it's even funnier is that when I would complain to my friends, they would kind of pacify him. Like they would, I mean, they make, and they would kind of like, you know, no, they, they would, um, you know, be on his, they would always be on his behalf, mm, you know, like make would, excuses for him. Right. Huh. And I'm like, why did you listen to knowing me? You know, and it, it would, so I find that I found, oh, I found that always very interesting. And then you had other people were like, oh, you know how men are, it's a men thing. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go wrong with this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it took me, it took me a good while because everybody was, you know, going to, I guess they were just trying to make me feel like it was just me. You know, I'm mm-hmm. having a bad day. I'm mm-hmm. having a bad week, you know. So I, it was all in my head. So mm-hmm. it didn't help at all. Some of the friends that I had at that time. Yeah. So, um, right, right. And there's only maybe a handful who were like, I mean, I don't think it's good for you. You think you should leave? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I remember thinking, how do I do that? Well, what what do you mean? Like, there was, it's just improbability in my head. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's yeah. Like hard for your brain to compute how that would even happen, the steps to make that happen. Right, right. Because it was never in my mind to ever leave. So I'm like, no, I just deal with it and we'll figure this out. We actually went to counseling. Mm-hmm. So we were in counseling for eight months the first time. And the second time it was three months same counselor um so he always gets better as a husband when he has to be accountable to somebody right besides me so uh yeah he was perfect (laughs) (laughs) he was perfect for those eight months yeah (laughs) so at the time that you guys were married were both of your kids living with you and him okay yeah so my kids, yeah. So my kids were living with us. He adopted my my son, my youngest one, my son. Okay. Um, he actually had three grown children of his own. Thank God, did not live with us. But yeah. <laughs> so I was a stepmother to children to children to women who were my age. Oh wow! Yes. Yes. Well, they played. You know, they played like they. I mean, okay. I always say this. If we had met, I met his daughters. Um, in a different situation, we probably would have been friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because I was married to their father. Oh, I have to also tell you this. Their mother had passed away mm-hmm. about 10 years prior uh, from cancer. So guess, guess who, who shadow I was standing in the entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's hard. So, I mean, I was from the jump. It was never, it was never easy. Um, so at first, you know, it was fine. You know, we all got along and everything. And I, you know, I'm here. I'm like, it, I'm still looking for the family, right? I'm like, oh, this is going to be my family. Even it's a weird, awkward, you know, different age thing, family. But I'm like, it's still my family. Um, but it just didn't end up that way. You know, I always felt there was a lot of jealousy. I always felt like it was because they didn't have his attention um, how they wanted it. But seeing how he is as a father, I can see that. Because as a narcissist, you cannot give your full attention to your children when you're mm, raising them. Yeah. So they're always seeking it, no matter what age they are. So when I came into the picture, that's even less attention that they got. Mm-hmm. With yeah, with two kids, it's like yeah, a, mm-hmm. a yeah. stepmom and two other kids automatically into the equation. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I even found that they were jealous of the things I was doing for my kids. Mm. Hm. Yeah. So it was. Uh, there's a lot of healing 
that needed to happen right there. Mm-hmm. But of course, I don't see it. You know, I kind of ignore the sign. Same thing. I ignore the sign. I'm like, no, we're all good. We're happy. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> you know, I just, I wanted it to be so badly. You know what I mean? But I'm like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. There's too much jealousy. There's a lot of, um, oh gosh. So a lot of, so they're asking for money, like a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause he was giving it freely to them before I came along. And then when I came along, I was like, you know, they're grown, right? <laughs> so I don't want, and, and we have the kids and they don't have any kids. So, you know, um, so what ended up happening was, uh, when they would ask for money, he'd be like, well, let me ask Jamie. Oh, and then so he was like, well, Jamie said no. Yes. 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 So, hard. um, yeah. So that, I mean, he did that a lot with, with, not only his daughter, he has, so he had three sisters too. So he did that a lot with his sisters too. So I was wedged in between six women who did not like me at all. (laughs) That sounds hard. Would he actually ask you for permission to give his kids money or he just use you as a scapegoat? Um, it it was, it was 50, 50. So sometimes he would ask me or sometimes he'd be like, I'm not giving them that money, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) You know, he would already make the decision, but sometimes he's like, well, what do you think? So, Oh, so this is the interesting part. So when we would have a discussion about it and we would, I would say, no, I, you know, and I basically would, we would have, we would come to the conclusion mutually that this is a no. He would then, they would get upset. And then he'd come to me and be like, they're upset. See what you did. He would blame me. Oh my gosh. Right, right. He would blame me, and then he would claim that I was that I was the toxic one, and that I was trying to isolate him from mm-hmm. his family and friends. Wow. And I said, you know what? This is what we're going to do from here on out. If anybody wants to ask you for anything, you're going to make the decision all by yourself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so when he, and he was like, oh yeah, fine. So when it started happening, this is mind you, this is towards the end of our by the end of our marriage, I was a pro. I was a pro in dealing with him. <laughs> So by the end of our marriage, and he was like, well, what do you think? I was like, I don't know what you think. <laughs> and he was like, well, you know, no, just tell me what you think. I said, I am not being involved in this decision. So you can blame me. You have to make the decision all by yourself. And I'm telling you what, he would, he would walk away like stomping mad like a child. <laughs> Having a tantrum. <laughs> yeah. And I, because I would refuse to participate in the game. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, oh, I'm done doing this. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so how long were you guys married for? We were married for seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a long time to be in a relationship like that. Oh, yeah. No, I was, because like I said, I was determined to like make it work against the odds. You know, I'm very stubborn. Very, very stubborn. So I was like, no. Well, I didn't realize it at first. I was in denial. So I would say the first three or four years of the marriage, I was in denial. Mm. And then it just, when it became suffocating, uh-huh. When I realized I was being suffocated is when I'm like, okay, that's when we went for counseling. And that's when, you know, there was just so much one thing after another. I, constant, I, I felt like the better I got um, mentally and spiritually, the worse he got as a person. Mm. Interesting. So, uh, the, so it was just like, I, I just would see him deteriorate just morally in front of my eyes. It was just ridiculous. Wow. Just the lying and the, just the, just the lying and the, he was a constant liar, constantly. And then constantly getting caught in lies. Like, <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> I was like, why do you try? I'm like, it's yeah. always, it's always going to come to me. Like it's uh, one way or another, the truth is always going to come to me because you're, you're wrong because yeah. you're doing your spouse wrong. I mean, if it's not God, then it's karma either way. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so eventually, you know, it was, 
I think he realized I wasn't working on his marriage anymore. Really what I was waiting for was like a sign to actually leave. Because mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do, I'm very spiritual, and I didn't want to do things um, at the wrong time. Timing is, this is what I learned in my life, timing is everything. You may want something, but it doesn't mean you're supposed to have it at that very moment in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I was waiting for a sign to make my ex. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, God, come on. <laughs> I'm just waiting. at this. Like I was literally like the last year or two of the marriage. I was like, I am, come on, God, I'm ready. I am ready to get this going. <laughs> And, um, and then I think one day he just realized like, wait, what are we doing? You're not even trying to work on the marriage anymore. I said, yeah, it's true. I'm not. Yeah. I, we've, I've tried all this and you, you're resistant. You don't want to, you don't want to help, but you don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, we should just separate. Now, mind you, in the past we've separated because, um, that was his way of throwing a tantrum or controlling me. Mm. Whenever he felt like I got out of line, it was, well, we know, I think I'm just going to leave. Mind you, I had no job whenever he would do this. I was I was in school this entire time we were married. Oh, okay. And so it was a it was economic abuse when he would say, Well, I'm just gonna leave you then. Yeah. Because I'm supposed to be then in fear and then be, you know, at his feet, like, Oh no, please don't, whatever you want, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And of course at first it worked because I'm the first thing I thought was I had no money. Yeah. Yeah. And so but then after the second time he tried it that's when I actually went and looked at what the law was in the state. And guess what? He couldn't do that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He couldn't just up and leave me. I could, I could get him for spousal, um, for maintenance support while we were separated. Hmm. So, um, yeah. And so I think, um, when he got a lawyer, that's one of the times that he left me, he actually got a lawyer. Oh, 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 it was severe. So he left me for three days got himself a lawyer and a job interview in California. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then he moved back in and said, never mind. Jeez. Oh. oh, cause he's undiagnosed bipolar. I forgot. That was the other, that was the other thing to all this. Yeah. That's, I mean, I didn't know what, but it definitely sounds like there was some mental oh, gosh. illness, you know, going on in, oh, his, gosh, yes. in his life. So yes. Yeah. Huh. Was he diagnosed bipolar when you were with him or it's still like, as far as you know, still undiagnosed? Oh, so I diagnosed them, right? So I went to school for, <laughs> I went to school for psychology and I got my master's in counseling. So the book, the DSM, which, which it has all the diagnosis in it and all the criteria you have to meet to, you know, to be considered this particular thing. Mm-hmm. I brought home the book one day and I'm reading it. And I'm looking, I'm reading, I'm looking at him, reading, I'm looking at him. I was like, uh, so I'm going to read these off to you. And, uh, so he had like, I don't even know, there was like maybe eight or 10 things in there. And it was like, if you meet someone like five out of the 10, he met like eight out of the 10. Oh, wow. And so I said, you know, you're probably bipolar, right? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably am. I don't doubt that. <laughs> And that's where it ended. <laughs> wow. Yeah. W- what was that your sign or what was your sign that you. It was, no, it was way leave. before that. It oh, was okay. way before that. There was, there was, oh, that I, oh, when he said to me that we should separate. Okay. So that was yeah, your, the, the sign that yeah, you were looking that was, for. Yes. Because it was, um, he had quote unquote separated, left me or separated from me multiple times mm-hmm. to control me. But this last time, he was like, we should, we should separate if we're not going to work, if you're not going to work on the marriage with me. I was like, okay, fine. So he moved out of the bedroom that night into the family room 
And then I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm done. This is it. I'm not, I'm not, we're not going back. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. When the minute he said we should separate, I was like, fine. Okay. Gotcha. He, he thought it was, he see it backfired on him because he thought I was going to be like, no, no, we should not like in a few days. Cause that's what I would have normally done. Uh-huh. Let's work this out. No, nope. he came back to me in about a week and was like, we, what are we doing? This is ridiculous. You know, you yeah. know, you think I want to pay these bills by myself. This exact because I used to handle the bills. Okay. So that's what he, that's what he saw me as like somebody who pays his bills. You right. think I want to handle these bills by myself. We should just stay together. This is ridiculous. I'm like, no, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Do your kids keep in contact with him? Cause they, I guess they, no, no, they him. don't like him. They no. do not like him. So even no. when they were they, living there, it was, they didn't like that then either. No, so it, it just, my daughter has said, she's like, I never liked him. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I didn't want to tell you because you were so happy. Yeah, that would so be that wasn't a So that wasn't a surprise to me when, like, when we left, she stopped talking to him. Uh, my son, on the other hand, was four when we got married. So, you know, he honestly didn't know. He didn't have a clue the type of person he was until I stopped protecting him mm-hmm. from it. Because I was a buffer a lot. I was a lot. I was a, I was a huge buffer. And so he, and a shield. So he didn't know, you know, he was upset that we were divorcing and that I left, but he doesn't under, really understand why. Mm-hmm. So when he started spending time with him by himself, he'd come home and be like, well, daddy said this and daddy, why, why did daddy say that? Why, why did he act that way? And I said, and that's when I started, you know, just being very honest with him. And I'm like, daddy has, you know, he said, he says and does things because, you know, he's just this type of a person, you know what I mean? I mean, I go, this is type of, some of the types of things I've had to deal with. Cause at the time he was old he was in middle school by this time. So I could be a little bit more honest with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I said, you know, and he was like, well, he, like, I can't remember exactly the examples, but just a little, he had a way of demeaning people mm-hmm. out of the blue. Like you don't have to do anything, but he just wanted to demean you because of whatever he felt like. Yeah. Why would he say that to me? I don't understand. It hurt my feelings. I'm like, Cause he, that's the, you know, that's the type of person he is. That's what he does. But yeah. why? I don't know, sweetheart. I don't know why he does it, mm-hmm. you know? And so we would have these conversations for a long time, um, until he didn't want to spend time with him anymore. And then it was like, you know, no. <laughs> and then it, then it was, and then he, oh, oh, that's what had happened is that, you know, he was still spending time with him, but it was like, eh, I guess so. But then when we met my, my, my present husband, is when he realized this is how dad is supposed to act mm, and be. Yeah. Yeah. And he got a really good example. That's good that um, your son was able to recognize that on his ho- on his own because yeah. at, that would be, that could be really dividing to like, if you tried to explain, you know, the things that you went through and the way that you're, um, husband was without your son realizing that like I've heard of stories where that just causes such a wedge between oh, a parent yeah. and a child because a child doesn't believe you know the parent who left they mm-hmm. think that the abusive one is in the right so it's it's nice that he was able to recognize that on his own oh, I, oh and you know what I always say that's a trick I learned when um so oh this is so this is what happened when I was living in South Carolina in the middle of my divorce, my mom and I started getting close because I thought she changed. Mm. Um, she didn't. She just, you know, started drinking. And I thought, <laughs> so that's what happened. <laughs> and so, um, 
So she came down and uh, she had lost her job. And so I said, you know, why don't we, you know, live together again? I don't know why I said that. Why did I say it? But I said it. I said it. So she moved down and I bought a house um, in the middle of the separation when we, you know, I bought a house and she moved in with me. And so my kids um, love their grandmother. I was, I said the same thing I did with her as I did with my husband, my ex-husband. I just kind of let them see for themselves. I didn't mm-hmm. want to, you know, push them one way or another. Yeah. They started to see that she, maybe she wasn't quite right either. Mm-hmm. And they don't really talk to her anymore. And so that was the same technique I used with my son. I'm like, I'm not saying anything. You're going to find out for yourself. You know, I'll be open about it when you come and talk to me. And that's what happened. So when he just started to see it more and more and more, you know, and then when the contrast was so bigger, it was such a larger contrast when you had my, um, my, my, my present husband doing things for him that my ex-husband wasn't doing. Right. Yeah. Then this became clear, like, like really clear like this man this man this man barely knows me but he's doing all this mm-hmm. you know and he cares and he's asking and you know yeah so yeah, that's yeah. Great. it's good that he that you guys were able to find somebody who was able to provide that that genuineness and really care for you guys in the way that you deserve and wanted so Model the proper mm-hmm. behavior yes yep mm-hmm. so, so how, how long after you got divorced did you meet your current husband (laughs) okay so i met my so my husband my husband is jason and so we met in the marine corps okay um many many moons ago so we met when i was first in and he was like one of my best friends and um we did a lot of things so we used to go like clubbing and movies and we just kind of hung out we were just hanging out we eat we eat all the time (laughs) and you know it, it was he was just one of those people a lot of guys in the Marine Corps, they would hit on you. They were either hit on, oh, we say there were two things. They were either going to hit on you or they were going to be like a big brother. And he was like a big brother. Mm. So he, he was always very respectful. And, but he was a huge drinker. Like, and it's so funny because my master sergeant, who was, you know, who I reported to, he was like, I don't, he actually gave me a talk and said, I don't think you should be, why? I heard you were hanging out with him. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think he's the best person for you to be hanging out. Why? <laughs> he has a reputation, you know, he drinks a lot. And, and I, I really, you know, I was offended by that. Like one, you're going to dismiss my, what well, my judgment, but two, I'm, and I told, I'm really told off my master sergeant. I, Cause my master sergeant was a lot like a dad. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, He's the only, I go, let me tell you, I go, he is so respectful towards me. Mm. He, I mean, he doesn't, he's never hit on me. He's never expected anything from me. I go, he is the sweetest guy. If you just assume because he drinks a lot and he parties that he's like this awful person, you know? Yeah. So, and then, you know, we went our separate ways when we got out of the Marine Corps and I hadn't talked to him in like years, like almost 20 years. I hadn't talked to him. So, um, I was, I was, I had always been on the search to, to find him on Facebook when Facebook, you know, first kind of started happening, mm-hmm. but I could never find him. So I kind of let it go. And then after I moved out, I was like, you know, let me really, I'm going to, I'm going to dig my heels in because his name is Jason Hart. Right. So that's a very common name. I'm going to dig my heels and I'm going to find him. That's like <laughs> five pages of Jason Hart. Like I finally found. <laughs> wow. I was going, I was just, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going until I find him. I finally found him. And, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, he was so, we were just very excited to find each other. And so we were, you know, we would text, we would just text here and there for like, you know, well, almost weekly. I would send out these group texts 
messages to people, funny stories about my kids or something going on. And mm-hmm. um, so maybe like weekly, I would, we would text each other. So I'm going to say a couple months went by and he was like, um, you know, he was like, do you want to be my date to my sister's wedding in Punta Cana? And so mm-hmm. um, I was like, well, hell yeah. Cause I, you know, by this time I, I was new, newly divorced, mm-hmm. you know? So that was, uh, that was, so he asked me in October and I had just gotten divorced the, the month before. Oh, wow. And so I was like, yeah, and I was like, well, how are you? I'm harder, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, that's what I did. So, we, so I went to Punta Cana. We were roommates. And when I saw him in the lobby, he was just so handsome to me because his hair, he, was, he has dark jet black hair. And he's, he was graying. So it was like this salt and pepper thing going on with his hair. <laughs> and I'm like, he is so handsome. Like, what is, I was like, okay, no, I don't even think so. Like, I, I mm, no, no, I don't have time for this. Um, no, he, he lives in Illinois. I live in South Carolina. I, you know, I just got the force. There is no freaking way in hell, you know? So, um, Oh, I forgot to say. So, okay, he asked me the, a, a month later, but the actual trip wasn't until June of the following year. So, I'm not going to tell you. So, there was like oh, some wow. like six months leeway there. Yeah. So, it was June of, June of 2015. So, it was June of 2015 and when the, when the trip took place. And um, his family was like, so, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just was laughing because my, my husband is such a very private person. And so, uh, he, didn't, he didn't tell anybody who I was. Nobody. They didn't know who I was or where I came from. <laughs> so he, they automatically assumed I lived in Illinois mm-hmm. and that like I, I knew him from like a local area bar or like <laughs> his job or something. They had no idea who I was. And I, and I had to explain myself to like eight different people. <laughs> and so I said to him, I go, you couldn't tell this to anybody before I came. He was like, nope, nope. <laughs> He's like, I thought it'd be way more fun if you did it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that so, get a little um, bit old doing that over and over and over in one night. It was it was so crazy, and you would think that the people I talked to would talk to, talk to each other and find <laughs> out the business, and then nobody did. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and I thought his family and, and friends were just so adorable. I mean, they were just so sweet and nice and genuine, and so. um <clears throat> So we spent seven days as roommates and nothing happened and I left and I came back home. Um, and, but I couldn't stop thinking about him and I couldn't figure out why, right? I mean, it was bugging me and I realized it was because he was so respectful and he was so considerate. Like it's just a small thing. Like he heard me say something and he was like, Oh yeah, I got it for you. Cause I heard you talking about, you know, little things like that. Mm. And I'm like, it was just so bizarre. Like I wasn't used to being treated so well, mm-hmm. even though it should be common practice that you're respected and you know, the, there should be consideration towards you. Yeah. Um, and he was just, you know, face value. Everything he said is what he meant. Every, you know, what he meant is what he said. I mean, it was it just kind of like, that's how he is. And that's who he is as a person. And because I came from something that was so totally different, I wasn't used to it. Mm-hmm. And it was refreshing. So I so like I was at home four days after the um, when we came back home from vacation, and I just I just couldn't help myself. Like I'm like I texted him and I said um, maybe we can we can start dating. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "What?" Like, I was like, "Yeah, I don't I don't know. Maybe you know uh, you know we can just start something. I don't know." And he was like, 
You're going to send this to me in Punta Cana? And I'm like, well, I just, I just need a time to think about it. I don't, you yeah. know, I don't know, you know. <laughs> so I, so we had a texting relationship for uh, two months because that was the first time I could see him since Punta Cana. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so we, so that was in June. And then I flew out to see him that August for his birthday where I met even more friends <laughs> and, um, and we were, to, we have been together ever since. So we had a long distance relationship for a year mm. until we moved out to, until me and the kids moved out here to Illinois. And then we wow. moved out to Illinois in 2016 and we've been here ever since. Okay. Wow. <laughs> oh, and then we got married. I forgot that part. So we got married <laughs> in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yeah, you guys, um, so you had a long distance relationship for a year, and then, Uh and then he was, then basically you and your kids moved there, so you've been there for, did you say three years, 2006? Yeah, well, almost four, we're going on four years. Okay, okay. Do you like living there? I do, actually, it's probably, um, out of all the places I have lived, it's probably my favorite place to live. Oh, that's good. Because it sounds yeah. like you're stuck there for a little while. Yeah, I know, <laughs> unless right? You, unless you all decide to pick up and move, but <laughs> right, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's a life story. So, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't mind sharing, how old are you now? I'm 42. Okay, yeah, that's that's a couple lifetimes you've lived <laughs> yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I did want to ask I, um, about. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say my, you know, people, I tell this story to because there's, there's so many more details in there that I just kind of right. shortened it for you guys. But mm-hmm. uh, everybody's like, you need to write a book. I said, one day I will. One day I will. Because <laughs> yeah. there's so much, so much involved, especially with like my son's father's family. There was so much in there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it is, I've, I've lived a couple different lives and I'm, I'm so grateful. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have learned from all of them. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. That's great. Yeah. Um, I was curious cause you said you had, you got your BA and your MA and I assume that's a bachelor's and a master's in fine arts, right? Or just, or art. Um, so my bachelor's is in, um, psychology, bachelor of arts in psychology and then my master's master of arts in counseling. Oh, okay. okay. Alrighty. Cool. And I assume you work in that field now. Uh, ish. <laughs> so um my my dream once i told remember i told you i'm like you make plans but mm-hmm. so my my goal after i graduated my with my master's was to get into private practice but no i couldn't get into counseling it was a, it was the strangest phenomenon i could not get into counseling so i ended up having to go into case management work like as a social worker like the, for the foster care system and you know I don't know. Child protective services, all that types of work is what I've done. Um, so I'm trying to think. So I'm doing along the same, along similar work. So I'm doing case management. I'm using my license, um, in the social worker field, but you would never guess I work in the insurance field. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So they needed, they needed counselors and social workers and nurses in the insurance field to do case management work. So that's what I do now. So I'm it's technically in my field, but it's way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not any counseling involved. Not really. Interesting. Yeah. Do oh, cool. You, are you still aiming to get into counseling? Maybe not even your own practice, like a private practice, but would you ideally like to do that? 
Do you know what? I think after doing case management for so long, uh, no. <laughs> There's something that happened. It, it just, I, no, actually, I'm going to do something completely different. Um, I, I plan on, believe it or not, taking, I'm taking a class in interior design in the summer and see how I like it. And that may be the area I go into. Okay. That'd be cool. Um, I have an eye for it. I, I, I'm, I'm talented in that way. But um, I just need, like, guidance and direction. But, I, yes, so I feel like uh, my creativity side is wanting to come out, needing to come mm, out. Yeah. You know, so, because I, I just feel like this work is, once again, you know, I'm a nomad. I have a nomadic spirit. Mm. I feel kind of suffocated in the job I'm doing now. <laughs> and because the case management is kind of like the same thing over and over and over again. It's a same process. That's why I can find a case management job anywhere I go because it's high turnover and it's a lot of work. Mm. But if you know the process, you can get a job anywhere. And so, but it's the same, basically the same thing. So I'm like, uh -huh, I need something else. I need something, I need something a little bit more life fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I have figured, I'm like, I don't think counseling is going to be the thing. I'm like, I think I need to get into something totally different. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you feel like you got that when you were working in the worth with the foster children type stuff or, or not, not at so first. much? Actually, the, the, the foster care children thing was actually my first job out of graduating from grad school. Mm -hmm. And I was so um, inspired and motivated. You know, you're really out there to really change the world and stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, not not that I don't want to. It's just you're, I'm, I'm burnt out. Mm. I'm burnt. I think just years of dealing with people in that capacity mm -hmm. you know you you there's it's i mean I, I don't know if it's just as bad but it's almost almost on the same lines as what people like on a like on a customer service or retail level like it's because they that's almost the same thing like they can become very needy like well we need this and we need that what do you you know when are you coming back and you know there's mm -hmm. a lot of that now if that was my only job and i didn't have to like you know, type up notes for it, then I could probably be okay. With it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, because there's two different sides to it and there's a lot of work in each part, you have to give everybody your, you know, the, a lot of devoted time mm -hmm. and a lot of, you know, it's, it's a lot of burnout being on all the time. So when you come off of work, you're like, I'm done. Like I'm exhausted. So it's, you know, you're giving a lot of energy to other people. So it's, uh, it's tiring. I would say it's definitely tiring. But I'm no, sure. it didn't happen at first with the foster kids. I wanted just over time, just over time doing the same thing, you know, with the same people. Um, and people have a knack to just like me, you know, and they're like, oh, can I, you know, you know, let's talk. I'm like, oh, well, okay. You know, so I would do it for a little bit, you know, a little extra calls, a little here and there. But then, you know, people just take advantage, you know, of, mm -hmm. of that. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of tired. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd imagine it would get emotionally taxing too, mm -hmm. working with, a, I don't know how many foster children you worked with, but I imagine that would be emotional and hard oh, to gosh. deal with as well. Yes. Yes. I mean, so <clears throat> I want to say, I didn't have a large caseload, but the case, okay. So I was hired for um, intensive foster care and something, whatever service I <laughs> now but basically this particular department dealt with the foster kids who had the most problems mm, like the, so tough, we the didn't toughest get, cases kind yes of? yes so they had like multiple mental health diagnosis mm. and so i think so caseloads weren't high because they were so intense 
and you're traveling, you can be traveling anywhere, you know, 20 minutes to like two hours to see your kids, you know, because this program was for the state, was for the Mm -hmm. state of South Carolina. So there were times that I just see a kid who was like two and a half hours away from me. Wow. So, and I get there and then I drive back and guess what? I got to see a couple more other people, you know, I mean, you try to, you know, manage it where you're, it's not like that, but I mean, when you got to see so many kids in a month and then just still do the paperwork on it, mm-hmm. you know, and then sometimes depending on what's going on, you, you have to sit in front of like different people and explain, you know, you, yourself, your, the, the kid, you, your case, um, you got to testify sometimes. It was a lot of, it was a lot of hard work. It was too much for me. I was like, okay, no, I wasn't prepped <laughs> well either. I wasn't trained very well. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna kind of muddle along here and do what happens, you know? <laughs> But yeah, no, it was, it was crazy. I would say that's like the craziest job I've had since I've had, um, since I graduated. Sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, I think I got all my, my questions out of the way. Um, Just let, let me tell you know. something. I'm an open book. You can keep everything. <laughs> I'm right. so sure. I am such an open book. I'm just like, whatever. You're lucky I'm not naming names right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll keep that in mind when we're editing then we'll leave it all in okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> thanks so much thanks for sharing no yeah thank you no so problem. much thank you so much Good oh and by the way i'm proud of you guys i don't know you guys at all but i'm really proud of you guys for doing <laughs> thank this you. <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh, all right bye have a good night have a good night bye. all right bye